Good morning to all of you. It's, it's so nice to see you all here this morning. If I've never had an opportunity to meet you before, my name is Matt. I'm one of the assistant pastors here in New Beginnings. And just wanted to say welcome to all of you and especially a special welcome to you if this is your first time here with us this weekend. We're truly honored that you're spending part of your weekend with us here at New Beginnings. And um, we would love to really honestly just get an opportunity to be able to meet you. You'll see in the seat back in front of you, there is a red connect card there. If you could just take 30 seconds throughout the service, just fill that out. We would love to meet you after service. You'll see in the lobby towards the left, a red wall there. It's our first time guest area. We have a free gift for you. We just want to be able to get to know you a little bit. You know, we say this and we truly mean it. We believe this is not just a place to come to, but it's a family to belong to. Amen. So we'd love to be able to meet you after service. Um, I want to take a moment to talk to you for a second. If if you're here and maybe even coming here for a week, a couple months, a year, whatever it may be, maybe even longer, and you truly believe that this is your church home, but you haven't taken that next step yet, your next step would be our next move classes that take place on the first and second weekend each and every month here. So our November classes are actually going on um, right now, so you could sign up for our December classes and through Next Move, you become a member here at church, and a member is somebody who's connected, who's serving and growing. You learn about the church as well, and you get an opportunity to join one of our teams where we use our gifts and our talents that God has given us to serve one another. Amen? So I want to encourage you to take that step. Get plugged in here, because we are all the body of Christ. Amen? Get plugged in. You can sign up for Next Move right at the info desk in the lobby, or you could always just go to our website, newbeginningsnj.org slash next move, and you can sign up there as well. Well, we're going to continue worshiping God with our giving now, amen? And we have a few ways that we give. You can grab an offering envelope and give that way. You can give online. That's a nice, uh, easy, convenient way to give, or you can um, always give via text, or if you have our app, the NBC app, you can give that way as well. And you know, when we come here to bring our giving, <clears throat> right, we bring our tithes. Our tithes was our tithes, our first 10%, giving God the best, Amen. And our offerings, and our, you know, we say that tithes and offerings, and our offerings is anything above the tithe. Our tithe belongs to God. Now, we have a promise in that, amen? God says in Malachi, when we bring the tithe, we bring our tithe to the storehouse, to the place we get fed. He says, test me in this and see if I'll not open up heavens, amen, and pour out such a blessing on you. God's faithful to his word when we follow his principles, Amen. And then an offering is anything above the tithe, right? We, that's sowing and reaping when we give that. And I just want to let you know, we're going to be taking an offering um, at the end of service as well. So besides your tithe, if you only brought one offering, save that for the end of service. If you brought two, you can give one now and give one at the end of the service. But we will be taking an offering for our guest speaker at the end of the service. So if you only brought one offering, save that for the end. Amen. But I do want to encourage you. God is faithful, like I said to his word. And I will say this almost every week. God loves a cheerful giver. He says that in his word, and we can give cheerfully. Why? Because when we give cheerfully, we are understanding, Lord, no matter what this week looks like, maybe it was tougher than others, Father, I'm giving back to you what you've given to me because we're, I'm being a good steward and being faithful what you've entrusted into my care, and I'm really just giving back to you what is already yours, and I know you are faithful to supply my need according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Well, let's pray for our offering. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity that we have to give here this morning. Father, I thank you that you just bless our giving, Lord. I pray increase upon each household, and I thank you, Lord, that we can be good stewards of what you've entrusted with us, Lord, and we can be cheerful givers, Father, because, Lord, we're really giving back to you what is already yours, and we know you are faithful, Father. Father, you are the one who's faithful to supply all of our need. So we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ushers, you can go ahead and receive the offering. Um, just a uh, Quick, a few quick announcements here. You know, we love, we believe we're a family here. Like we say, we are a church family, so we like to celebrate as well. And we did have an engagement within our church family. Uh, Carmen Source and Alex Philippone got engaged. Amen. They're uh, both on our worship team here. They run our, uh, they help run our um, young adult ministry as well. They were here for the first service and last night. But if you see them in the upcoming weeks, make sure you congratulate them. We're so excited for them on their engagement. Amen. And also, do not forget, um, 3 p.m. today, our fall family experience is going, going on at the Field of Dreams in Tom's River. Make sure you come out. Amen. We're doing this to honor the Dobos family. We're going to be celebrating. You know, we've been talking about this the last couple of weeks. If you've been here, Dan Dobos, we're going to be celebrating his healing that is taking place in his body. Amen. Giving God the praise for that. 
Amen. And we're going to really, it's in honor of the Dobos family, this event. It's going to be a fun event today, 3 p.m., Field of Dreams. Bring your kids, bring family members, whoever. It's going to be awesome, awesome time. The sun's coming out. It's going to be a good time. So make sure you're there later, 3 p.m. We're all going to be celebrating as a church family. Amen. Oh, man, they got a basketball court. I don't know what I might be doing later, guys. Just kidding. I'll be out of breath in 10 seconds. But make sure you're there. It's going to be a good time. So we'll love to see you later. Amen? Amen. Well, guys, we have a, a guest speaker with us here, a special guest speaker that we are so excited about. Josh Holland is here. If you've been here for a number of years, he was here many years ago. I remember I was only been here a few years at the time, and I remember he brought a powerful word, and I was in the first service. Powerful, powerful word. Amen. God has an anointing on him and his wife, Danielle's life, and he serves right now as the international director of the Billy Graham Rapid Response Team and Specialized Ministries. And uh, Josh has previously served in various ministries, including his roles as a senior pastor at Pathway Church of Charlotte and celebration director for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and also associate pastor of Church of the Open Door. And um, him and his wife, Danielle, they are the parents of four children. They live in Charlotte, North Carolina, but he's here in New Jersey with us this weekend. Amen. So let's give a New Beginnings welcome to Josh Holland. Well, good morning. It's an honor to, to be with you today. I told the, the first crowd back in 2011, uh, does anybody remember the Jersey Shore Will Graham celebration? Billy Graham's grandson, Will. I see some hands. Billy's Grandson Will was here preaching a three-day revival crusade meeting, and we saw the Ocean Grove, that big camp meeting center, packed out for three nights, and I think well over a 1,000 decisions for Christ and just a wonderful move of God. But I spent the better part of a year back and forth between this area, and during the time, I got to know some people on, on staff here and who served at this wonderful church, and then over the course of time, I uh, had an opportunity as God orchestrated things to meet Pastor Joe and Barbara, and we have known each other for some time. It's been a number of years since we've seen each other, but the amazing thing about the family of God is that you can go years sometimes without talking or speaking, and then you see somebody that God has connected you with in the Spirit, and it's like you just pick right back up where you leave off, like you never missed a beat, and that's how... I've certainly felt over the last couple of days just being with you all again. It's a privilege for my wife to have been able to, to meet Pastor Joe and Barbara. They took us for some good, uh, authentic New Jersey pizza, Italian pizza last night. Are y'all surprised that he took me for Italian? <laughs> but we, we ate too much and had wonderful fellowship after the service last night. And I just want to say it's a tremendous honor to be here. I thank God that in the good times and bad times, Pastor Joe has spoken into my life, encouraged me, uh, challenged me, uh, held me accountable, but most of all just been, uh, I would call a godly mentor even from afar. And over the years, he's just been a priceless um, investment really in my life. And so it's a privilege, a huge honor to be in his pulpit, that you would trust me with your pulpit this weekend is a huge honor for me. And the scripture says, give honor to whom honor is due. Amen. So can we just put our hands together and honor Pastor Joe and Barbara for their leadership? We honor you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Matt, you mentioned um, some weeks are harder than others. Your name's Matt, right? All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you were looking at me like, who's he? No, I, I just, I just want to, but I sat there thinking, yeah, some weeks are harder than others and some months are harder than others and some years are harder than others. But uh, we serve a God that does not change. Our circumstances do. And in our humanity, our emotions are up and down and high and low, but Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's worthy of our praise today. I have a sense you're expecting to hear a word from God today. Is that right? Amen. I feel an anticipation here. I thank the Lord for 
what he's done these last two services, but today is, this is a new service, this is a new crowd, and so Lord, I pray as we look at your word today that I would be led by the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would anoint my ears and our ears. Lord, I need to hear this even as I preach it, so Lord, even as I preach, I pray you would do that thing that only you can do, where when a preacher has studied and prayed and prepared, uh, even in the middle of it, you can speak. You can give a rhema word. I pray for that, Lord. I pray for a sensitivity to your spirit, and I pray that when we leave this place shortly, uh, we will have been able to say, we've heard from God, we've been in the presence of God, and we received from heaven today. And if you agree, can you say amen? Amen. amen. I want to read from Isaiah chapter 43. I'm sorry, chapter 45. Well, Isaiah 43 is good, though. That's, I'm looking at it. That's when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And Anyway, I, I could preach that. That'll preach all day. But Isaiah 45, verses 1 through 3. The scripture says, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I've held, to subdue nations before him, to loose the armor of kings. Think about that, not just one king, but God's saying, I'm gonna anoint Cyrus, this pagan king of Persia, to loose the armor of kings, many nations, to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break the pieces in pieces, the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. And I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by name, am the God of Israel. So we know here that Isaiah, the prophet, is speaking to prophetically to Cyrus, the king of Persia. God is, I should say, through Isaiah. Now, the fascinating thing about this is Isaiah gets this word 150 years before Cyrus even takes the throne of Persia, but that's the power of prophecy and of the word of God. But we see here that Isaiah is speaking on behalf of the Lord to Cyrus, and he's saying to Cyrus, this king, I'm, I'm going to level every nation, every king before you, specifically, though, in context, we know he's speaking of Babylon. Now, you know, back in ancient times, there were nations that basically dominated the world. Egypt, for years, under pharaohs, they were the world power of the day, the nation of Egypt. And then we see later, especially during the time of Jesus, Rome. The, the Roman Empire ruled the world. And, and before Rome, it was Greece, under that great military leader, Alexander the Great, he conquered the known world, really. Uh, now, God, out of his judgment on his own people, because he loved them, after time after time and chance after chance of God saying to, to Israel, you need to repent, you need to quit following these foreign gods, you need to quit worshiping these idols, God finally said, I've had enough. And he allowed the Assyrian Empire, who at that time was the world power of the day, to take over the northern kingdom of Israel, and they completely took over the northern kingdom. Many of those were dispersed throughout Assyria. And then 150 years later, what was left of Israel, which was the southern kingdom of Judah, they were taken captive in, in Babylon. And so for many Hundreds of years, the Israelites were away from their homeland. They were dispersed all over the world. Some stayed back in Jerusalem, but many were taken to Babylon. And we see that's when Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego and others were, were taken. But, but now it's time for a new world power to come on the scene. And, and it's the nation of Persia under the leadership of this man named Cyrus. And God is saying to Cyrus, it's time I'm going to use you and anoint you. Now, isn't that fascinating? Cyrus isn't even a believer. But God says, you're my anointed. See, God can anoint whoever he wants to anoint to fulfill his purposes on earth. The Bible says that the king's heart is like a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it everywhere he wants to go. And I know 
as election results come in and we all prayed and I hope you did and, and voted and we need to do everything we can to vote biblical principles and values and, and to vote a kingdom agenda. But I'm glad at the end of the day, although I'm a patriot and I love the United States of America, I'm glad and I honor the veterans that served as we just celebrated Veterans Day. I, I love this country. I think it's the greatest country on the face of the earth. But, amen. But, as proud as I am to be an, an American... I'm glad my citizenship is foremost in another country, aren't you? I'm glad I'm a citizen of another world, a heavenly kingdom. And I'm glad I'm looking for a city that has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. The Bible says right now we're just pilgrims. We're aliens. We're strangers. We're, we're foreigners trekking through down here. But I'm glad we got our eyes on another place. And I'm glad that we're residents of a another kingdom hallelujah but God says I, I'm the one down here that turns king's hearts and so again we voted we did what we can and I know it still hasn't been finalized what happens but hey whatever happens and whatever the outcome is we serve the one who sits on the throne he sits on the circle of the earth the Bible says the inhabitants thereof just look like grasshoppers in his sight the heaven is his throne and the earth is where God props up his feet it's his footstool so whatever happens there we do the best we can, and we trust God, but he rules and reigns. And so he raised up Cyrus in this day, and he says, Cyrus, I, I want you to go in and, and take over Babylon. He says, I'll break down the gates. There's not going to be a wall that can keep you out. But then this is the phrase I want to minister on this morning. He says to Cyrus in verse 3 of Isaiah 45, I will give you treasures of darkness, treasures of darkness, and secret riches of hidden places. As I studied this a little bit, I found out that there was this ancient, uh, this ancient, I guess, practice where kings and royal families would hide their choicest treasure underground in vaults. Nobody knew where it was except the royal family. And when, when God is saying to Cyrus, I'm going to use you to go and take everything you can see, he says this in verse 3, which is fascinating to me. Not only, Cyrus, are you going to take from Babylon everything that you can see, but I'm going to reveal to you this buried, secret, hidden treasure underground that you would have had no way of knowing about unless the Holy Spirit, unless I revealed it supernaturally to you. That's amazing to me. I'm going to show you treasure in darkness, treasure, hidden treasure in secret places. Now, you might be thinking today, what's that got to do with me? And I just want to encourage us to remember that the Scripture says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, all of it, okay? So even though we're talking about something that took place 25 hundred years ago with a pagan king finding literal treasure underground, what God's saying to you all over this building today is whatever you're going through, I'm the same today as I was back then, and I'll reveal to you secret treasure, secret riches, and treasure in darkness. God says everything in the Old Testament was given to us as an example for our admonition. And so even though there's things you got to read in context and realize, hey, I might not be able to literally apply this in the sense of I might not be able to go home and start digging in my backyard and find some treasure box. I'm not promising you that this morning. But what I am saying is based on the authority of the scripture in the same way God revealed treasure in darkness to Cyrus, he changes not. And he wants to reveal something to you today, even if you find yourself in a dark place that you would have never known about, except for divine revelation as God leads you through these places. You think it looks bleak, some of you do right now. As full of faith as you are, you still wrestle in your humanity with the hopelessness of the situation, and you think, God, how did I ever get to this place? 
how am I ever going to get out of this place? Matt, it's, it's not like Matt said that it's been a tough week, but it's been a tough month or it's been a tough year or it's been, it's been a couple years and you're saying, God, how much longer do I have to stay here? But I came by this morning from North Carolina just to remind somebody it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when God's going to bring you out of the darkness but when you come out you're going to be bringing some treasure with you you're going to bring some riches out of the experience that you'd have never got had you stayed up on that mountaintop but isn't that how the kingdom of God operates we want to stay up on the mountaintop. We, we want to be high all the time. We don't want to go through the tribulation and the trial. And in fact, you can turn on some Christian TV. Like I love a lot of, there's wonderful TV ministries out there, but there's some preachers and they may not verbalize it, but the implication you get is when you come to Jesus that everything just gets easier. And I just got to remind somebody that Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Jesus said, the, Paul said, we through much tribulation must enter the kingdom of God. But I'm glad when Jesus said in this world you'll have trouble that he did go on to say, even though you're going to have trouble, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. See, at the end of the day, he's coming back. He's setting up a kingdom. We're coming back with him after the rapture. We're going to rule and reign with him in righteousness. And everything that goes on down here and all the trouble is going to be a distant memory we are going to rule and reign with him forever. I saw a bumper sticker. Amen. I saw a bumper sticker just two days ago, the day before we flew up here on Friday. And I, <laughs> in my car, I, I shouted and said, amen. That's right. It said, spoiler alert. You know, sometimes if you're watching a TV show or something and or reading a, a book. Uh, my wife drives me crazy. I wasn't planning to talk about this, but she'll be reading. She reads these Christian fiction books all the time, and I find her, I know she just started one, but then I see her at the back reading towards the end of the book, and I'm like, you're ruining it. She's no, she's no, I got to read it. I'll still finish, and she goes back and finishes the whole book, but it drives her crazy not to know. Well, spoiler alerts. People go online and type in what happens at the end, but then they go and watch the whole thing anyway. Well, this bumper sticker said, spoiler alert, God wins. <laughs> Hallelujah. God wins. At the end of the day, God wins. As I stood on the stage a few uh, minutes ago at the other service, the line of an old hymn popped into my head. We used to sing it in church when I grew up, when we all get to heaven. Raise your hand if you know the song I'm talking about. There's a line in one of those verses that says, Just one glimpse of him in glory will the toils of life repay. In other words, when you see him in all of his beauty and when you look at him face to face and when you stand and bask in the presence of the one that died for you, it just won't matter down here what we went through. When we see him, none of it's going to matter. We're in heaven for eternity with the Lord. People say sometimes, boy, when, when I get to heaven, I got, I got some questions for God. You know, there's some things I just, I just don't understand. Why, why he let this happen and why the, hey, let me just tell you something. When you get to heaven, you ain't asking God nothing. <laughs> You're going to, we're going to learn and, and throughout the endless ages of eternity, I think he'll reveal more and more. Eternity will be a incredible thing that our minds can't really comprehend but if you think down here <laughs> when you get up there first of all you're just going to get there and fall on your face and with the angels and the choirs of heaven praise God and cry holy 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 are you Lord God almighty but the last thing you're going to ask is Lord why didn't you answer that prayer the way I thought you were going to answer, the way we agreed for my God you'll be in eternity forever none of that's going to matter at that point. You'll just be praising him. But what I want to encourage you to do is don't wait till you get there 
till you understand it all, because like the old song says, we will understand it better by and by. We'll understand it better when we see, we'll understand it fully when we see him. We'll be known even as we are known. Here we see through a glass darkly, but then face to to face. But I want to encourage you, praise him now, even in the middle of the darkness, even in the middle of the, that's, hey, that's the best time to praise God is when things aren't going your way, when you've had a bad week. You know, David in the scripture says something to this effect. He says, I will offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. Did you know sometimes thanksgiving is a sacrifice? We're coming up to that holiday where we Think about Thanksgiving. We had family devotions a few weeks ago, and I feel like one of the kids, as I talked about Thanksgiving, said, why are you talking about Thanksgiving? It's, it's in October. It's October now. That's not till next month. And I had to explain to the, our, one of our children, Thanksgiving's not a holiday. That's the life of a believer. We, we're supposed to live in Thanksgiving 365 days a year. But sometimes Thanksgiving can be tough, thanking God in the tough times because it's not our natural proclivity. It's easy to thank God when things are going well and when you're up on the mountaintop. But but when you're going through something, I'm going to get back to this in just a moment, but I, I feel led. To, I heard uh, a female minister teach on this sometime back and I've, I've, I've never forgotten the example she gave of two embroideries, two thank you gifts that she got in a similar, uh, similar time in her life. They were embroideries, like hand-stitched things. One was from a dear friend who made this on the sew, a sewing machine. She had a business that did this. The other, though, was from an elderly lady who had severe arthritis in her hands, and she hand-stitched it. Now, what this minister said is, is I, I appreciated both of them. They were both valued to me. I, I even hung both of them up on my walls. But she said, when I looked at one, the one was truly made out of a sacrifice of pain. Think about the frequent breaks that that lady would have to take. The old lady that did this with arthritis in her hands, the hours at length she spent. That gift was truly a sacrifice of thanksgiving, and it was far more valuable to her than the other one was. And you know, in life it's like that. When we praise God, and we should praise God and thank God in seasons of prosperity, in seasons of abundance, when he blesses, and and when everything's going well, and when we're up on the mountaintop. But I tell you what, I think what moves the heart of God. I think what makes heaven stand in attention. I think what makes angels marvel is that when we, sons and daughters of God, redeemed by the blood of Jesus, who know that God, with just a glance in our direction, could fix the whole problem immediately, but for whatever reason right now, we're still going through this darkness, but yet in the middle of it, we choose to say, Lord, I'm going to bless you at all times, God. Your praise is always going to be on my mouth. When things are going well and I'm up high, I'm going to thank you. When I'm down in the valley, I'm going to bless you. Do I need to remind you that fruit doesn't grow up on the mountaintop? Fruit grows down, way down low in the valley. And God has a way of using even the darkest of times to reveal his love and his glory and so that we can help somebody else. Put up that scripture, guys, from Romans 8, 28, if you will, and then I'm gonna read a little bit further down. Let's read this out loud together. We all know this passage, and we know, read it, that all things work together for good to those who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. Stop for a moment. I'm going to try to make this brief. A friend of mine who grew up in a very challenging environment, his parents didn't want him, so he found himself always bouncing back and forth between his mom and his dad, and then his grandmother really was the one who raised him, and she walked around the house all the time, quoting scripture and singing hymns, but her favorite verse was Romans 8:28. and one day as she was in the middle of preparing to bake 
his favorite chocolate cake. She's talking about this verse, and he said, I don't understand this verse. And she said, well, let me explain it to you. And as she made this cake and put the ingredients together, she had him try each ingredient individually. She gave him a little taste of a raw egg. God, that's disgusting. And, and made him taste a spoonful of baking soda and then flour and, and then a little salt. And then, then she brought out stuff like vanilla uh, flavoring, and he thought, oh, well, vanilla sounds good, but when you just taste the little vanilla out of that little bottle, it ain't too good, and then she brought out some cocoa power, powder, and he, he, he thought, well, that's, I love chocolate, I mean, that dry powder in your mouth, all of it, every single ingredient in the cake was, was disgusting, but, but she put the cake in the oven, and when it came out, and she sliced it, and it started to cool, he put, he put what he described piece after piece of this cake in his mouth, a cake so good, he said, it'll make you want to slap your mama. Y'all may not say that in New Jersey, but we say it down south when food's really good. And, and, and she said, Jim, that's really what Romans 8.28 is all about. See, each of these things on their own didn't taste very good. It wasn't a very good experience. But when the cake came out of the oven, after it was all mixed together, the ingredients work together for good. See, see, and, and in life, isn't it like that? We go through things, and again, we know God could fix it with a snap of his finger. And we know his power, and we've seen his splendor, and we have testimonies of his deliverance and healing and breakthrough. But here we're stuck, it seems, right now in this dark cave. This place that almost seems like we're underground and we're isolated and nobody understands and, and we try to express it and we, we, we speak the word, we read the word, we pray the word and yet we're, we're still here. Another day rolls around, we're still here. Another week rolls around, we're, we're still here. But, but this says all things work together for good. And, and sometimes it feels like God, like that cake, God puts us in an oven and, and God, God turns up the heat, and we're thinking, God, what are you doing? I'm dying in here. But when the timer goes off, and, and when God says it's time to come out, we're going to see how even those things that didn't feel good at the time, the end result is something sweet. The end result is something savory. The end result is something sumptuous. It's rich. It's wonderful. And that's how God works. He's not promising everything on its own in life. He never promises that in Scripture, that everything on its own is going to feel good, seem right, but what he does say is it works together for good, and it works together for his glory. Go on to that, that next scripture from that wonderfully rich chapter, guys, if you can put it up there, from Romans 8 and verse 31. The question Paul asks is, what then shall we say to these things? Read this with me out loud like you mean it. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? A few years ago, I took my son to an amusement park. It was his 10th birthday, and he was finally tall enough to ride all the rides. We had a big day of it, bought tickets, went, had, had all day together. And he was surprised, though, because throughout the day, and I told him this was his birthday present. And I told him, you get whatever you want. And he really put me to the test. I mean, every, every shop we went by, I want dipping Dots. And then I want the funnel cake. And I want some soft serve. Ice. We were there from morning to night. We had lunch. And every little cost added up from parking to renting a locker when you do the water slide. And at the end of the day, souvenirs, all of it. At the end of the day, he looked at me kind of funny because, see, Danielle and I have four kids. And he knows how we, I usually am. You know, the kids, they know better now, but we used to go out to eat, and the server comes around. What do y'all want to drink? Well, now, Mama, Danielle always gets her Diet Coke because she's Mama. But, you know, the, the kids talking about Sprite, I'll take a Coke. I'm like, nope, water, a round of water for the kids. You know, y'all aren't quite there yet. And going through the, the drive-thru, they used to talk about Happy Meals and 
I'd always say, nope, 20 count McNugget and a large fry, and we're going to split it up. That's how y'all going to eat McDonald's. So Levi's looking at me when I'm just dropping all kinds of coin on everything he wants. And I told him, I said, buddy, this day's all about you. See, in my mind as his dad, the day was all about the amusement park. Everything else, psh, if I, if I took time off work, if I rearranged my schedule, if I bought the tickets for the amusement park, why, why am I not going to get him a Sprite or an ice cream? Hey, if I, if I did that, I'm going to get him everything else he wants. That's what the, and, and, and here's what Paul is teaching here in Romans 8. The cross of Jesus Christ and what he did on Calvary is the big picture. Do you agree with that? Like, that's really all that matters? I mean, really, it's, that's all that matters. Our sins have been paid for. We were dead and on our way to hell. But God, who is rich in mercy, stepped in and opened our eyes and adopted us as sons and daughters. Our names are written in heaven. I mean, that's enough. to. Sh- if God never did another thing other than Calvary's cross, it'd be enough where you ought to praise him every last breath you have. That's enough. That's it. So what Paul's saying We're so funny because we really don't wrestle with believing we're saved and on our way to heaven. What we get tripped up on is all these little other things like, is God going to bring healing? Hey, if he sent Jesus to save you from hell and the scripture from Genesis to Revelation, God reveals himself as a God that heals, healing, you got saved from hell. Why would you wrestle with believing God's Jehovah Rapha and can heal your disease? Why would you struggle believing he's Jehovah Jireh and can provide when he saved you from hell and you're worried about finances? No, God, God's our provider. Why would you wrestle with believing God can restore a relationship or bring a prodigal back? God, all, all of that, this says... If he gave you Jesus, if he didn't spare his only begotten son, Jesus, how will then he not with him also freely give us all things? Jesus said it like this. If you being evil or if you being sinful know how to give good gifts to your children, think about it, parents. If, you be, if, if we as sinful people save now and made saints by what Jesus did, but if we as humans know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more, Jesus says, will your Father in heaven give good things to those that ask? I'm telling you, God's a good God, and he's a faithful God, and the purpose of the darkness, what I'm telling you is, the purpose of the darkness is to bring you out as gold, to bring you out with treasure, to bring you out to bless somebody else. See, before you've walked through something and before you've seen God come through on your behalf, if you try to minister to somebody else, it's really just kind of all theory. It's really, you're not talking from what you've seen him do in your own life. But when you can say, hey, I was in a dark place and I didn't think I would ever find my way out, but God reached way down when I was sinking in the miry pit of despair and he picked me up and he set my feet upon a rock and God established my goings and he put a new song in my mouth, even a song of praise unto our God. Let me tell you about what God did for me and God's no respecter of persons. If God did it for me, God can do it for you. Hallelujah. That's the whole point. God allows us, as he comforts us, the God of all comfort comforts us in our tribulation. He says, I do that so that you can then comfort others in their affliction. And, and, and it takes a lot of spiritual maturity to see it that way. I don't have time to go here, but I mentioned Joseph in the first service. I'm not even going to read it. Joseph, you know, was thrown into a pit and then thrown into prison and spent years falsely accused and God elevated him to sit at Pharaoh's right hand. But Joseph said to his brothers once, you know, what, what you meant for evil, God, meant, God turned it around for good. And, and, and there's a scripture in that text in Genesis 45 that says, God, God sent me here. What, what God, God sent him to, yeah, God sent him to the pit. God sent him to prison to elevate him to preserve life, the, and to preserve the life of those that, the brothers that wanted to 
kill him at one point. See, it takes a lot of spiritual maturity, and you can only get here as you grow in God to realize, Lord, I'll, I'll endure the pain if it means you'll bring me through so that I can help somebody else and encourage somebody else. And that's not a prayer we want to pray, but what I'm telling you is based on the authority of the word of God, God allows, yes, even orchestrates trials and tribulations to produce within us character. Peter said, don't think it's strange. You know this verse? Beloved, think it not strange considering the fiery trial. Why, why do we think trials are strange? Why, why do we think, well, I'm walking in faith. I shouldn't be going through this trial. He said, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial that is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice because I'm doing something deep and abiding and it's for your good and it's for my glory. My wife and I, my wife and I in 2015 each went through a very difficult season. And as I wrap things up here, I just feel led to close with a little bit of our, our testimony. We, um, in 2015, I found myself going through a divorce. And uh, we're a blended family. We're a second marriage. We got four kids between us. But in 2015, I'm pastoring a church. I'm doing ministry with Billy Graham. I'm going, living the dream, doing what I feel like and know God called me to do. And I, I find myself now left with two boys, primary visitation, custody of the two boys, and, and they were five and two at the time, and I honestly, did, I honestly didn't know how I was going to make it. I was as low as I'd ever been on earth, and at the same time, I didn't know her at the time, but she was on the other side of town going through a divorce, very similar circumstances our divorces, and nothing we either of us ever wanted, but that here we were. I found it hard to pray. I'll admit that to you. As a spirit-filled pastor, I, I found it really hard to pray. In fact, a month or so went by, and all I could pray was either speak the name Jesus or pray in tongues, pray in the Holy Spirit. That's, that's, that's all I could pray. But the amazing thing, I said this last night. I don't think I said it in the 9 o'clock service, but, you know, when you can't pray... Romans 8.26, I think it is, says that, that when we know not what to pray for as, as we ought, the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. The Holy Spirit prays for you, and Jesus is praying for you. Do you know right now the Bible says he's seated at the right hand of God? making intercession for you. So don't beat yourself up too much when you find it hard to formulate words or sentences in English. You just groan. You groan in the, you pray in the spirit. You know Jesus is praying for you. Other people are praying for you. But I remember preaching one Sunday as I'm going through this trial. It'd been about a year or so after the divorce. I'm preaching in a pulpit in Charlotte, another church, and I, I look out and... Uh, I see that beautiful face that I see right now just smiling at me as I'm preaching. And uh, I kind of forgot where I was in the sermon, and uh, I was so distracted by her. We met after the service, and the rest, as they say, is history. But God did a beautiful thing. And what I want to just close by encouraging you, you with this is when Danielle was uh, younger, in series and different times in her life, she had God speak to her, give her vision, dream. I don't know what term she would use, but very clear, uh, very clear from God that she would have three, four children one day, three boys and a girl. And then at another point later in her walk, she got even more specific revelation about it that she, that two of them would be biological children, and two would not be biological. Well, you may have guessed what happened when we got married. Uh, that's exactly what God gave her. See, I had two boys. She had a boy and a girl, so she ends up with three boys. One girl, two biological, two adopted. Now, when she prayed for that, dreamed about that, felt like the Lord put that in her heart, she never dreamed the way it would happen 
would be through the heartache and the pain and the agony and the misery of a divorce. She never expected that to happen through all the nights she cried going to bed wondering what she was going to do. But God just has a way of uh, God just, hallelujah, God just has a way of taking what the enemy meant for evil to turn it around for good. So, so yes, we would stand up here and be the first one, first ones to say, God hates divorce. We always pray and we always counsel for reconciliation. God hates divorce. Yes, he does. We know why God hates divorce. We've seen what it does to kids. We've seen what it does to homes. We've seen what it does to children and families. It's just a terrible thing. But I'm telling you, even what the enemy meant to try to take us out and to, to sideline us, God had a way of using even that. I heard an old preacher one time say, see, the devil is still God's devil. He's on a limited leash. Oh, yes, he is the prince of the power of the air. But God even uses in this temporary time where Satan has a little leash, God even uses what he means to destroy, to turn around for his good and our good and, and his glory and to help somebody else. And so I just want to, encourage you. I know we hate the trials. I know we curse the darkness, but I'm afraid sometimes we curse the thing thinking it's from the devil, thinking the darkness is from hell when it's God in his love for us saying, I, I trust you enough to allow you to walk through this dark time. I'm going to let you come out carrying gold and silver and precious jewels. I'm talking about spiritual things. And more than any of that, I'm going to allow that thing to bolster your testimony to where you'll be able now to minister with an authority to other people in a way you'd have never had without the trial. Paul says, I reckon, that, that sounds really Southern. That's King James. But, but I reckon, Paul said, so I, I memorize all Scripture in the King James. I, I preach from the new King James now usually. But Paul said, I reckon, I consider, you know, this probably says, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Paul says, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight in, in glory. Did you hear what that said? It's saying the affliction, the darkness is working for me. <laughs> I, I want to get out of it when I'm in the middle of it. I don't want anything to do with it. But this trial is working for me. A uh, far more exceed. It, it's developing something in me. I've been dealing with something in in my life for over a year now. Oh, I prayed and believed and for whatever, and I know it will in God's time. He's going to bring me out of it. But I've been dealing with something, and yet I've seen. I could go back and I say, God, I wouldn't change any of it because I pressed into you in a way that I never would have. The glory, the anointing, the ability to talk to other people and minister with more compassion that I have now because I've been going through this is far greater to the degree that I could have never done this had it not been for this trial that you've allowed. I'm telling you, it takes spiritual maturity. It takes faith to say, God, I'm going to trust you as long as you leave me here. God, I'm going to praise you in the middle of this thing that I wish were gone. And I believe what you're doing is so deep and abiding and eternal that there's just no way I would get to this place in you without it. So my, my closing thought, stand up with me, please. And, and I want to say one more thing. It's a scripture we all know, but I want to close with it. <clears throat> Perfect song to play in just a moment. This uh, scripture, Psalm 119, we've all, we all know it, most of us, I'll say. David, the psalmist says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God showed me this some years back when I saw this scripture. But it's applicable today as we've talked about being in a dark place where you just 
don't know what to do and think, when are you going to bring me out? And I just shared in the earlier service, we, the hardest thing about trusting God is his timing. Would you agree with that? The hardest thing about this faith walk, let me say, is God's, God's timing because <laughs> we, we pray and we agree and we think it should just be over. But, you know, even in the Gospels, there's healings that are progressive. I don't have time to go into this. But, but we're in the darkness, and God showed me sometimes back, sometime back, Josh, you, you want my word to be some spotlight that just shines miles down the road and shows every crook and, and turn and bend in the road, but that's not what I say. My word, it's just a lamp. It's a, it's a lamp. See, a lamp, a lamp doesn't show you what's way down the road. It, it gives you enough illumination just to take the next step, see. But that's what God wants for us because if, if he showed us the big picture, we wouldn't need faith, would we? And, and isn't that all God really is ever looking for? It's his love language, faith is. It's his love language. That's all he, Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes, he's looking for one thing, will I find faith? On, on the earth. I'm just looking for one thing, faith. Uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible. Not improbable, not really hard, not unlike. It's impossible to please God without faith. And so God says, I'm going to give you my word as a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. It'll give you just enough to take the next step. And so what I want to ask you to do now is we're standing and prepare to sing this very appropriate chorus that says, even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when it's dark, I'm declaring by faith there's treasure in it and you're doing something in me. I choose to believe in you, Lord, because you're my way maker. So while I'm singing this, here's the invitation. It's not a salvation altar call today. But it's, it, I want you to know the front is open here. If you're going through a trial, if anything seems dark right now, you've been praying about something, you find it hard to give thanks because of the situation you're in, I want you to come up here and thank God in the middle of it. Thank him that he's using it. Worship him. Recommit yourself to the word of God, being a lamp for your feet, a light to your path. And as an act of faith by you coming here and standing, we're going to agree with you that God will change your perspective today. He may not, as I pray with people, I'm going to pray he'll change the situation. He can do it. But as long as you're in it, there's a reason for it. And I pray that a perspective change would take place. It's easy to feel the faith right here, right now, when we're in an atmosphere like this with hundreds of people praising God and agreeing in faith. But you know how the devil works as good as I do. When you get back in the car, when you get home this afternoon, that, that the enemy, the liar, the father of lies, the deception, the you know how it goes. But I want us to just stand here, sing this as your act of worship to God. We thank you, Lord. I want to pray with you and then pray for you. But, but sing this right now to the Lord. So God, we declare that. We decree it that even when in our natural flesh we don't see you working, we don't feel you moving, that we don't walk by sight, feelings, emotions, any of it. We walk by faith. And this life we live by the faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. So, Father, thank you. I pray that right now. I pray a release from this misconception, this deception from the enemy that says because we don't sense or feel something that, that God's not at work. No, sometimes, Lord, you're more at work when we don't because you're developing faith and not, oh, I'm amazed, Jesus, how when you went away and sent the Holy Spirit, uh, the disciples said, oh, don't go away. And Jesus, you said, it's better for you that I go away because if I don't go away, the Spirit won't come. And Lord, I think the reason you said that is because if you were always here in the flesh with us, we'd never learn to walk by faith and not by sight. But your spirit, the living spirit of the living Jesus, bears witness with our spirit that we're children of yours. So, Lord, we choose to praise you. We choose to thank you in the 
darkness, we thank you because we know you've placed us here to do work within us, to minister to us, to develop riches within us, and ultimately to lead us out to be a blessing to somebody else. So as difficult as it is, we say with Paul, like Paul said, uh, in Thessalonians, in everything we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We pr- Come on, church, lift your voice and thank God. Jesus, we thank you for the cross of Calvary. Jesus, we thank you for the empty tomb. Jesus, we thank you that you intercede on our behalf. Lord, we thank you when we're weak, we're strong in you. God, we thank you that you give us your word. You fill us with your spirit. Your spirit prays through us. Jesus, you pray for us. God, thank you, Lord, that you Trust us enough to allow us to go through this darkness to develop us, to form us, God, to do something deep and abiding and eternal so that we can be all you've called us to be and help somebody else in this world that needs you so badly. God, I pray your peace. I pray your favor. I pray your blessing over these men and women specifically who are standing in your altar saying, Lord, here I am. I trust you. I believe you'll bring me out. But while I'm here, don't let me leave without my treasure. Don't let me leave without the blessing. Don't leave me, let me leave without the lesson. God, and I praise you, Lord, for what you're going to do. I thank you, God, that very soon, soon and very soon, there's going to be a testimony service someday right here from people that are standing in this altar, and they'll testify, God, about what you did when they chose to stand in faith when everything that they felt said you should feel despair. Thank you, Lord, that we can sleep like a baby when people think we should be worried. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you say you give us peace that passes understanding. So when it doesn't make sense to feel peace, when everything in the circumstance says I ought to be worried about it, God, you give us supernatural peace where we can go to sleep and give it to you, casting all our cares on you because you care for us. Thank you, Lord. Bless your people, fill your people, anoint your people. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory to God. You can all go back to your seats, please. You can go sit down for a moment, please. How many of you glad you came here today? How many of you, you look back now and you realize, man, everything was trying to stop you from getting here today? God knew the treasure that was waiting for you. God knew what you were going to be impacted with today. Glory to God. So listen, we got one more thing to do before we go, and it would be completely wrong if we did not do this, as we want to receive an offering now for Pastor Josh and for Danielle. Amen. This is a spiritual principle, a biblical principle. We're to share all good things with those who shared with us, who fed us, who, and we certainly got fed today. Amen. And it's been like this in last night's service, this morning first service, today, just amazing, amazing impact from the Spirit of God. Amen. So listen. You have an offering envelope on the seat in front of you. Um, if you want to do, use an uh, offering envelope, if you're going to write out a check, write it out to New Beginnings. We'll take all the checks and all the cash and everything and all the online giving and everything and then present Pastor Josh and Danielle with a check for their ministry. Amen. If you want to give online, you can go ahead on your phone and do that. Um, you can give by text. You can give with our New Beginnings app. Every form of giving that we have for our usual offerings, you can use now to give. If you go online to our giving page, there's a drop down there. It'll say guest speaker. And we guarantee you that 100% of everything that comes in these offerings for Pastor Josh goes to Pastor Josh and Danielle. I know some churches, they take their expenses out and all this other stuff. And then, no, whatever offering comes in for the guest speaker goes 100%. I will remind you what Pastor Matt shared at the beginning of the service, that the tithe does belong to the church, a place where you're fed. Amen. But your offerings, that God gives you the discretion to where you want to place that. And we asked in the beginning of service, if you could only give one offering today, to keep that aside 
to place in this offering that we're taking now. So I'm asking you, please, do not just come and eat and then go away. Let's now show our, this is, this is an act of gratitude towards God. Because listen, um, Pastor Josh and Danielle don't have lack of places where they could be on the weekend, okay? Uh, he's very active in their local, both of them are very active in their local church. Um, Danielle's going to be speaking to a women's group this coming Tuesday at their local church. Uh, if it's not there, God has sent him through Billy Graham's ministry to Ukraine, to Poland, to other nations. You've been to, you just recently, as we've been saying in the other service, you just recently were involved in South Florida with the disaster there with the hurricane. And you've been also in Texas and other areas. So God could have sent him any place, but he chose to arrange the schedule where he would be here today. And let me tell you, how many would agree we needed to hear this message today? So, so please, let's show our gratitude. Say, Pastor, I really i am short right now. Whatever you can do. God knows what you've got. You think God doesn't know what's in your pocket? God doesn't know what's in your checking account? On your, he knows. And so just ask him, Lord, what should I do? What part should I play? Because I've seen this happen so many times in these 25 years of pastoring. Everybody does what they, what they feel led to do, and then God puts it all together, and it's a major blessing to the speaker. Amen? So please go ahead and do that. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for an awesome weekend, Lord God. Father, we're so grateful that you sent these obedient servants, Father God, to us this weekend, Lord. And Father... Thank you for the increase of anointing that you placed on their lives. Thank you that truly what Pastor Josh has taught today, he's lived. They've lived. And that's why they speak through, not only through the authority of the word of God, but the anointing is on the experience also. And they speak to us, Father God, of those who have gotten those treasures from the dark places, God, and are walking in that wisdom and knowledge and understanding, practical wisdom that we can apply on an everyday basis. So, Father, we're so grateful to you. I thank you for every person that's giving in this offering, Father God. I pray that you bless it to them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. But, Father, we also pray for those who, uh, right now they're sitting there saying, man, I wish I could give, I wish I could give, but I just don't have the extra. Father, I pray that sometime today, tomorrow, that they will come into possession of something over and above what they usually, what their income usually provides, Father. And that they'll know that it came from you with one purpose in mind, for them to be able to invest it in this ministry of Pastor Josh and Danielle Holland, Father, so that every place that they go from this point forward, every time he gets up to preach, she gets up to preach, Father, we have part of the results that they see through the preaching of the word. And we're so blessed today, Father. Thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ushers, please go ahead and receive that offering. I will remind you that this afternoon at 3 p.m. we'll be gathering at the Field of Dreams complex in Tom's River. If you don't know where that is, you can Google it. Amen. It's not far from here. And uh, we will be coming together uh, with the effort in mind and, and the goal in mind of raising funds for the Dobos family. Uh, some of you may know, some of you may not that Dan Dobos, one of our awesome guys here, one of our uh, assistant head ushers, was involved in a very, very, very serious accident on September the 1st and has been in the hospital and then more recently has been in a rehab. And he's beginning to progress. He's beginning to come along. We are trusting God for total healing. But we want to come and support and get around this family so that his wife, Alicia, doesn't have to be concerned about finances, doesn't have to be concerned to have any of this kind of pressure, that she can devote all of her energy, all of her faith, all, all of her attention and affection to her husband and her children without having to be caring about uh, finances. And uh, some of you know that the New Beginnings Church has already contacted their Christian school, and we've already made arrangements to pay for the tuition for their two children for the rest of the year. Uh, you did that. We signed the check, but you did that because you're generous and because you listen to God. So that, that pressure is off of that family. They don't have to be concerned that their kids are going to have to stop going to school. No, that's already taken care of. What we do now, what we've been doing over these past number of weeks is receiving offerings so that we can present Alicia and Dan with a check and just say, here, let this pressure come off of you, and we just want to help. Amen? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? The scriptures tell us that we're supposed to carry each other's burdens. 
Amen. Now, we, we don't mind carrying each other's burdens when it's just prayer. But when it comes to finances, oh, well. But that's, that's where it counts the most. Amen. Because it's a tangible expression of our love and a tangible expression of God's blessing towards them. Amen. So please come this afternoon. Again, this afternoon at 3 o'clock, Field of Dreams, Tom's River. We're going to be celebrating Dan's recovery. We're believing God and trusting him. He has been making progress steadily. He's beginning to speak now. He's beginning to really respond. And we're seeing very, very definite progress. And we want to continue seeing that. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Why don't you stand up and just thank God one more time before we go. How many are glad for Pastor Josh and Danielle being here this weekend? Hey, let me ask you another question. How many think we should have them back again? Praise God. Guys, we love you. We appreciate your friendship. We appreciate. We're so grateful to God for making this connection so many years ago and for maintaining it. And we will see you again. And then we'll talk. Amen. Father, lift one hand up to God. Come on right now. Say this to me. Father, thank you. That ain't everybody. Ready? One, two, three. Father, thank you for what you've deposited in my heart this day. I know it sticks with me. I'll get more revelation. I'm going to walk in it more and more. I'm coming out of darkness, and I'm bringing the treasure with me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Praise God. God bless you. Go enjoy the rest of the day. We'll see you at 3 o'clock in Tom's River.